Welcome to Not Enough Champagne Quiz for 2021. Last year, we held a Zoom quiz and we said that holding an in-person quiz would be illegal. We should probably have told Downing Street about that, really. With me and in charge of investigating whether we had a Christmas quiz last year, it's my partner in propaganda, Steve Haynes. Hey, Corey. And I can confirm we did we, we, we did have a Christmas quiz, but it wasn't a party. Clearly wasn't a party. Like, there was no cheese, so. Changing all his calendar invites into less incriminating event descriptions is Councillor John Cotton. Merry Christmas, everybody. She thinks it's better to have quizzed and lost than to have never quizzed at all. It's Councillor Bridget Jones. Merry Christmas, Corey. And he's so keen to win the quiz that he's not mentioned Phil Willis on this podcast for three years. It's Luke John Davis. Why not? I'll have to rectify that. <laughs> Forget your troubles and prepare for a second class round of light entertainment. But first, our predictions round. trying to wrestle the title from John and LJ, who have inexplicably won at least the last two years. Records have been destroyed since 2020, so not sh- I can't remember who won in 2019. The first task was to select a team name. Uh, I asked you to, to choose from the team names that were used at that hallowed Downing Street quiz, which was definitely not a party, and some of it might even have been over Zoom. It's a hell of a list. I mean, the, the, the temptation is to go with Hot Fuzzy Boats or Beaver Fever, or Santa's ho ho ho, it's just to make you keep pronouncing them. But I, I feel really sorry for B units because it feels like they wanted to be the A team, but just didn't feel they could justify it. I, I, I quite like Professor Quiz Witty. That would that would get my vote if John's all right with that one. I can go with that, but I've got to put I've got to put a plea in for the attic fanatics. Given that I have spent most of the last eighteen months, and indeed this afternoon, I'm in my attic. He's not got a recording studio up there or anything. He's just he annoyed his missus while he was in the lockdown. <laughs> I, 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 I've been trapped in here for months. <laughs> Someone can send cheese and wine to John Cotton, courtesy of the attic. The postman knows where it is. I think it's a really, yeah, it's, it's the, the delivery platinum card holders is one of my favourite team names. And that tells you a lot about what was being eaten at Downing Street during the pandemic. And also we've been clear. Well, they haven't been. Yeah. That, that one's just a little bit too on the nose and it's clearly their, uh, their, their, taking the mick out of themselves and it's just like you, you know this has been bad you're making quiz names about it hmm and also no team name is better than the bad team name real Theresa may vibes there like the one may staffer left in the building i'm genuinely wondering whether duty icts was actually a team name or whether they just needed someone to get the links to work <laughs> So, John and LJ, have you decided on your team name? Yeah, I think we're Professor Quiz Witty. Yeah, we'll go with that. Stephen Bridget? Uh, I'm quite partial to Cheeses of Nazareth, just because that seems to be the best pun there. We felt it would be blasphemy for the team containing the chair of Sacre to take that one. So so we'll take it, the team. <laughs> what, what cheese does come from Nazareth, do you think? I suppose that's probably more like a kind of feta cheese, isn't it? Oh, the best cheese. God's cheese. Wow. Surely that, that sounded different to how I thought it was going to. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. I think I think you meant Gouda. It's a holy cheese. <laughs> um, there is actually a Nazareth cheese. It's actually called. What's it that. like? Well, it's from Flanders. It's Belgian. 
It's not from Nazareth then, is it? It's not from Nazareth. <laughs> well, it's called Nazareth cheese. Do I have to give you a map, Steve? <laughs> Jesus is not Belgian. The only famous Belgians are Hill Poirot. You can't dock us points for this. The quiz hasn't started. <laughs> and the inventor of the saxophone. Come on. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Audrey Hepburn was Belgian. I didn't know she invented the saxophone. <laughs> no, but I felt like she was probably famous. What's this cheese like then in Nazareth? Oh, um, it has a mildly subtle flavour. A mildly subtle flavour as opposed to a yeah. strongly subtle flavour. It has no flavour. <laughs> I'm just going by what Wikipedia told me. <laughs> so, for some Somebody reason... told you dairyly, Steve, and you were conned. <laughs> <laughs> so, for some reason, we ended up talking about snake meat with a friend came round on Thursday and wasn't sure what snake tasted like, so Googled it. And it says snake meat tastes like alligator. It's like, that's not helpful. Because <laughs> I haven't eaten that either. It's rather more difficult to catch. Right, we should go through the answers to last year's predictions round, or this year's prediction round, I suppose. Amazingly, I don't know if you can remember January, I, I thought this was definitely a different year. There were two Senate runoffs in Georgia. God, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's going to happen? So um, Steve and John thought that the Democrats would win one of the seats and the Republicans would win the other one. So both get half a point. Um, Bridget probably ought to get a bonus point for being the most despairing answer, but she thought the Republicans would win both, so doesn't get a point. LJ had faith in Stacey Abrams. Abrams, hey. sorry. And uh, had the Democrats winning both, which they did. The machine is formidable. She's and, and it's been fine for the Democrats ever since. So that's fine. It's a good job they won both their seats and they got a Senate majority to pass whatever they had to pass, isn't it? So I tuned out of US politics after Biden was inaugurated. That's basically what's happened, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's, let, let's keep your sanity and say yes. Yeah. Um, in May, I've, I've forgotten this as well. I thought this happened a different year. There was a West Midlands mayoral election, it says on this page. I know. Uh, and we wanted the margin of victory. And the closest, um, who said 11,500, was Bridget. So Bridget gets a point for that. We had a question on will the SNP call an independence referendum? Um I've not really given anyone a point for this question because Steve and Bridget had a kind of fanciful the SNP would hold it anyway, which didn't really happen. Um, I've given LJ half a point for saying it depends whether Sturgeon gets vote, more votes in the elections in May, but none of the doom-mongering independent scenarios happened. So it was good. What will the state of Brexit be this time this year? Um, John said a bloody mess. I'm going to give John a point for that. I think that's incontestable fact. Um, LJ said that I'm going to be arguing for the halibut, which I think I've given him a point for the pun, which I wasn't allowed to on last year's quiz. Um, Steve gets a bonus point because Steve said that they would be arguing over fish quotas and specifically said fish quotas. And I know that we've already had an agreement. I think the, I think Frosty caved in this week. But I'm still going to give you a bonus point. You get two points for your answer. Um, Bridget, you said that the new prime minister would be negotiating a new deal. So I'm going to give you half a point because they are still negotiating the deal that they struck, but not under a new prime minister. What the polls look like? No one said that Labour would have a five to nine point lead. You pessimistic <laughs> bastards. Steve said tied roughly. Um, this gets a point for innuendo, but doesn't really get any any points on the quiz i'm afraid um lj uh, said within three percentage points bridget said about the same john being the optimist said a small labor lead which i'll give you half a point for so the only one to get points that round will boris johnson be prime minister at the end of 2021 i realize 
tempting fate with this because there's still a good dozen days left. Um, do you see that you can email in no confidence letters now to the 1922 committee? I just, it'd be great if that, I, I think we said um, when this was happening to reason May, they might all get lost in the draw. Oh, what happens if a no confidence letter goes into someone's spam folder? Is there a special email address? You know, no confidence at 1922committee.com or. Yeah, could we set up a Philip Davis 2001 at <laughs> yahoo.com? <laughs> I love that Birmingham City Council isn't allowed to meet virtually, but you can ask the Prime Minister by email. The last presidential election, but one was decided by emails. So maybe that's. <laughs> um, everyone, everyone said that Boris Johnson will be Prime Minister at the end of 2021, apart from Bridget. So if. Sorry, but if Johnson is ousted, then you can get a bonus point for next year's quiz. Um, uh, there's still one week to go, Corey. Yeah, there is that. Um, we reconvene for a recount in those circumstances. I think we could probably arrange a recount. Um, will there um, will there be a general election in 2021? Uh, there definitely won't be. So everyone got a point because no one predicted uh, a general election. Um, Will life return to relative normality in terms of the pandemic? And in fact, one that I specifically asked, would we be able to do a, a quiz in person next year? Sorry about that. Obviously, I jinxed it. I've given Steve and LJ and John a point because you all had basically vaccine uh, restrictions would be eased in the summer and the vaccine rollout would happen and there'd be long term economic implications. Um, Bridget also said that, but I've given Bridget a bonus point because she said that COVID restrictions would be largely out of the window, partly because of the vaccine and partly because nobody would give a damn. And I feel like that definitely deserves a bonus point, if only because that's definitely the attitude of government backbenchers, if no one else. If anyone was wondering what that crash was a little while ago, one of my cats is currently trying to get into the fish tank again. He's not succeeding very well. But it is quite funny watching him try and falling off the chair. This is the political metaphor. Yeah, I was going to say, is that comment on the current prime minister? He's not it, succeeding very well. Uh, how how very dare you? Sirius is my boy, and he's he's nothing like <laughs> Boris Johnson. I love this cat. He, this cat's favourite things are to eat pork scratchings and Jalfrezi curry, and then just lie there and whack anything that comes nearby. So. I feel like he's my spirit animal, basically. So at the end of that round, Steve, five and a half points. LJ, five and a half points. John, four and a half points. Bridget, four and a half points. And that means that at the end of that prediction round, Cheeses of Nazareth have 10 points and Quiz Witty also has 10 points. Ooh, Ooh the tension. So this time, 2022 predictions round. Will there be a general election in 2022, Steve? Uh, do you want explanations as to why we think Ooh, this? Or... I mean, that goes for bonus points, so you might as well. Ooh. Okay. I'm saying no, primarily because of uh, what, what the next prediction is. I'm going to also say no, but with a caveat of unless the Queen dies, because if the monarch dies, Parliament is dissolved. I'm fairly sure that doesn't apply anymore. I think it still does. No, I also feel like LJ has just committed a treason. He has committed a treason. No, there, will, there won't be a general election this year. 80-seat majority? Who'd risk that? No, there won't be. Only an idiot. Well, you can make your own jokes there, can't you, listeners? Is it a 78-seat um, majority now? Will Boris Johnson be Prime Minister at the end of 2022, John? Prime Ministers are notoriously hard to dislodge, but 
No, I don't think he will be. I think I think that the rot has now set into the extent that, that something's going to happen and he, he, he won't last the year. Do you want to have a bonus point to maybe speculate who might replace him? I look at the potential candidates and, and just find the prospect so horrifying. I don't want to say any of their names. Okay, it's a bold move to not get a bonus point. But <laughs> if it stops you vomiting on screen, then that's probably... I'm the thinking best. of the country, Corey, and our sanity. <laughs> I think, yes. The, the, the reputation of the Conservative Party for ruthlessly removing leaders is actually slightly overblown. I mean, uh, it took them 18 months, actually, to get rid of Thatcher from when she was really in trouble. There's no obvious successor. I mean, you're sick, but none of them are the obvious alternative in the way Johnson was to Theresa May. And you look at how long it, Theresa May got dragged out with, and you look at the state of the pandemic right now and the state of the economy, and if you're Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak, why would you want to take that on right now? So, yes, I think actually Johnson will still be Prime Minister, but I think he will be a very much a wounded wildebeest. That's not an image I wanted either, so we'll move on from that. Uh, I'm saying, yes, Johnson will be PM at the end of 2022. Uh, and this is kind of linked to like the, the, the first prediction because, as you say, like the only reason really to call um call an election is if there's you know uh an an an, an inherent benefit to doing so and as long as johnson's pm there's no reason to for that for that to happen and and i think lj's right in that the uh the conservative party leadership at the moment is in many ways a poisoned chalice uh so i don't think that the actual contenders will want to necessarily oust him yes he will be prime minister uh for many of the reasons others have already said i think the tories are too ruthless to get rid of him they're very pragmatic when it comes to a lot of these things and i think that they will go the easier path and if they're going to get rid of him it will be later and to throw into the mix i think he will have at least one more offspring this time next year Definitely, definitely going for a bonus point there. I am going for that bonus point. What will the polls look like this time next year? I think they will have narrowed again. I think the Tories will have come back from their current slump. I think they will be building towards a future election. I think they'll have had a bounce off the back of the Queen's Jubilee and Commonwealth Games and other things happening that year, as well as everything reopening yet again. And I think that the polls will have narrowed. Where's the Commonwealth Games happening this next year, Bridget? Next year in 2022, the 2022 Birmingham Commonwealth Games will be taking place in Birmingham. And don't forget, we have the Festival of Brexit as well wrapped around that. Next year, there will be the Festival of Britain, the Jubilee, the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. The government does have a lot of fun planned for next year, pandemic permitting. And I think um, that will be reflected in the polls in their favour. I think there'll be a Labour lead. I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic because I, I just think that the, the lack of governing capacity uh, that they are now demonstrating, the last lack of sure-footedness and, and the dissolving of, of public confidence and support, I think will lead to a Labour lead. Um, and I think that, that Labour lead will be very similar to the, the, the lead that we have in the polls at the moment. Uh, I'm saying Labour lead and around about six or seven points or so, so, which I think is a couple of points down from where we are currently. But that's just because I'm, ex- I'm, I'm expecting there to be some form of swing back. I'm going to stick with the consensus and be 
dangerously optimistic and say I think Labour will be six to nine points ahead, maybe around eight points ahead. Blimey, heartbreak of optimism. Let's bust that bubble. There's a presidential election in France. What's going to happen, John? I suspect Macron will squeeze out a victory, uh, largely because uh, those electors who do not want to elect a fascist will ultimately rally behind his candidacy, but without an enormous amount of enthusiasm. And I suspect it will be quite tight. I think the first round will be particularly messy, um, but I, I suspect he'll, he'll just about crank out a victory. Uh, yeah, Macron wins. And I, I think I'm going to echo what, uh, what what John said there about like the first round being messy. Um, I, from, from what I've seen of like the opinion polling and things like that, I think there could be a very, very tight race um, between uh, Le Pen and uh, Valérie Pécresse. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but the, basically the you know, the, the, the traditional right-wing candidate mm. to actually get into the second round to the extent where I wouldn't be surprised if actually we end up as Macron versus um, Progress rather than Macron versus Le Pen. And Macron wins that. Yeah, I think so. Macron wins and we are all collectively horrified by the right-wing surge. Um, Macron's been hovering at around about 24-25% of the voting polls um, Le Pen and Pécresse are on about 16-17%, so I think that, that's difficult. Zemao is on 13%. Difficult to see what would happen if one of Zemao or Le Pen dropped out to see whether their support went to the, each other. I mean, Mélenchon is down on 9%, I think. No, I mean, not everyone else is in single figures at best. I don't see anybody other than the hard right challenging Macron and Sooner or later, you know, if when it comes down to it, the crest depends on our or Macron. Macron is the most centrist of those and the one that, that everyone on the left or centre would end up supporting simply as a way of blocking the others on the second round. So very boring. I'm going to agree with everyone else. Thank you for your efficient Googling. Speaking of which, will Jair Bolsonaro be re-elected in Brazil, LJ? No. Looking at the polls, no. No, it's like not even close at the moment, <laughs> even with swing back like Lula's. Winning. Well, as the eternal pessimist who doesn't dare hope for good things <laughs> because my hopes have been dashed brutally so many times, I'm, I'm going to go for yes, he will be re-elected and I will be delighted to be proved wrong. And if Alcohol I'm proved misery. right, I shall, I shall comfort myself with my one extra point and use that to, to, to numb the pain of the further death of the Amazon. Speaking of numbing pain... Who's going to control the House and Senate after the American 2022 midterm elections? I'm saying the Republicans. I'm going to say it's going to be quite tight, both in terms of like the actual results in battleground states and battleground seats um, and the overall kind of numbers um, for, for both houses. I think the Republicans uh, will take the House. There's some good pick-up opportunities for the Dems. I mean, Pennsylvania, for example. I'm going to, I'm going to be mildly optimistic and say it's going to stay a 50-50 Senate. Bridget, do you want to prick LJ's bubble of optimism? Yes. Yes, I do. It is going to be a Republican landslide. Yeah, I, I, I fear it's going to be the Republicans taking both. Um, I mean, just looking at some of the stuff around redistricting and some of the, the voter uh, registration laws as well, I think uh, raises some, some real issues, uh, particularly around the House. Um, that said, um, I wouldn't best bet against the, the Stacey Abrams Georgia machine 
been able to uh, hold on to to those gains in in Georgia and particularly Warnock seat. Now that we've uh, got you all fired up with that predictions round full of optimism and hope, we'll get on to the main quiz proper. So after a series of informal complaints about the structure of last year's quiz, we've rejigged it slightly, but we're going to start with the UK in 2021. Professor Quiz Witty, as quiz winners last year, do you want to take the first question or do you want to pass over to Cheeses of Nazareth? I think we should take the first one. Let's, let's be positive about this. All right. So this is the UK in 2021. In March, which store launched the UK's first ever cashierless grocery store, which uses cameras and sensors to monitor shoppers? It's either going to be someone like Waitrose or someone like Aldi. I don't think it's going to be one of the big four. Let's go with Aldi. Let's go with Aldi, yeah. It's not Aldi. I can offer it. So I have a feeling it might be Amazon. It is Amazon. Go cheeses. of Nazareth. Let's see if you can build on your early lead. You've got another supermarket-related question. God. In May, which store closed its final physical store, although you can still shop there online? Debenhams. I think it might be Debenhams. Yeah, I think, let's, let's go Debenhams. It is Debenhams. answer. Professor Quizwitty. On June 23rd, a new polymer £50 note was released. Whose face is on it? Like I ever get to see a £50 note. <laughs> <laughs> They replaced the button and what one, didn't they? Oh, it wasn't Turing, was it? You think it is Turing, yeah. Well, Alan Turing. Alan Turing. Really? He says he's not seen a £50 note, listeners. It is Alan Turing. Cheeses of Nazareth. Which city was stripped of its UNESCO World Heritage status this year? I think that would be a particular northern city that's currently in some quite severe local government, government intervention. I think that would be Liverpool. It is Liverpool. Yeah, for building on the waterfront, which I thought was the Marlon Brando film. But we'll move on. Professor Quizwitty, which animal was reintroduced to the UK in this year? I'm wondering if it's the lynx, because I know we, we, we've done beavers, what? and there's been projects about wolves, there's been projects about lynx, and there's been projects about bears. The lynx thing is ringing a bell with me. I don't think I'm thinking about deodorant. There's birds as well, because they, did, they, did, they reintroduced the red kite. A while ago. Basically, our strategy is we're going to randomly shout the names of animals and birds at you until we... <laughs> and, and just see, see, see who, whose eyes flicker when the... I think it was an eagle. I think it was like a fishing eagle or... Do, do you even reintroduce birds? Can't they just fly here of their own accord? Not under Pretty Patel's borders, Bill. <laughs> uh, I might have to hurry you. Okay, okay, I'm going to say a fishing eagle or white-tailed eagle because I think it's the same bird. I think it's got If it turns out to be a lynx now, I'm... If it's the lynx, I will apologise profusely, John, but I'm going to go with the white-tailed eagle. It's not an eagle, I'm afraid. I can offer it to Jesus of Nazareth. Liberal Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) Reintroduced to the North Shropshire Rock Wilds. Reintroducing... That's a satire, folks. That's a satire. (laughs) Um, Like, genuinely, the first thing that came to my mind was beavers. And it would make sense as well as... Yes! But they were there for a while. Not according to Wikipedia, LJ. For that, it's because then, because as soon as this question came up, I remembered that one of the um, number ten quiz names was Beaver Fever, and I reckon it was probably that would that is blatantly something like the Spads that work in like Defra or whatever thing would be dealing with that would name themselves. I'm annoyed now, and I want I want white-tailed eagles in Britain. Right, cheeses of Nazareth opening up a lead. So. Uh, the United Kingdom's International Vehicle Registration Code was changed officially after 110 years. What was it changed to? 
it, it was changed from GB to UK. It was. Just the only person on the quiz with a driving licence to get that. The Police Federation passed a motion of no confidence in Priti Patel this year. Who was the last Home Secretary they passed a motion of no confidence in? Was it John Reid? Is that your final answer? I'll, I'll go with John. He was probably there. It wasn't John Reid. I can't offer it. Uh, Ely Hawes. I can't really remember what happened in the bodyguard. It, it's going to be something really random. Like it was something that happened like under Brown for one for some from obscure thing that we've completely forgotten because it wasn't actually important. And it's going to be like Yvette Cooper or something. I've got no about no. Yeah, Cooper. Yvette Cooper, but you were so close because it was a Home Secretary under Gordon Brown, and so therefore it was Jackie Smith. No. Oh. But Jesus of Nazareth, it's fine because this is your question. Who was the first minister to be sacked by Boris Johnson this year? Oh. Is it a trick question? He hasn't. It's not a trick question, but that doesn't count as your final answer, don't worry. Does Hancock count as being sacked? This is the thing. Most of them I can think of were technically resignations. So, yeah, so when was there a... It happened before the Hancock uh, Farrago. Shall we go with the Sage? Yeah, let's go with the Sage. It's not the Sage. I can offer it. Depends on what you mean by Sage, because if I remember rightly, Kelly Tolhurst stood down for personal reasons. I think Johnny Mercer was the first one sacked because he went to vote against Bill. He did, so... didn't he? Yes. Oh, God, yeah, he did. So um, I'm going to say that resigning for personal reasons just doesn't count, so I'm going to say Johnny Mercer. It is Johnny Mercer. Fair. I've forgotten Mercer existed. He'll, he'll probably tweet at you angrily for, angrily for forgetting. Qu- Professor Quizwitty, who was leader of the DUP for 21 days before being ousted of the coup in June? Oh, my God, I can't remember the name. Oh. My brain went Sir Ed Davey, and that, I know that's wrong because he's the Lib Dem one. <laughs> um, do apologise, Mark. We, we, we do know <laughs> stuff about the Lib Dems, honestly. Edwin Poots. Yes. Edwin, yeah, it's Edwin Poots. And final one of this round, Cheeses of Nazareth, which UK town became a city in October this year? Oh, oh it was it where was... Sir David Amos represented. And the Sorry. name of that town was... It begins with an S. So, so, I want to say something like Salisbury. No, it's not Salisbury. It's a seaside town in Essex. Southend? <laughs> yes, Southend-on-Sea. It is Southend-on-Sea. So that's the end at the end of the UK in 2021 round. Cheeses of Nazareth on 16 points. Professor Quiz Witty on 13. Ooh. See if you can protect that lead. So world events in 2021, we'll, we'll go with Cheeses of Nazareth first, this, first for this one. Uh, Mexico offered asylum to whom in the first week of 2021 after a British judge blocked his extradition to America? I would assume Assange be my assumption as well yeah julian assange it is julian assange professor quiz witty what's the name of the cargo ship that blocked the suez canal for six days before being freed in march um it was evergreen something like that it was something evergreen evergrande i think it was something like that i'm gonna go with evergrande you're really close now i'm really sorry i have to offer this over to cheeses of nazareth who look thrilled to have it passed over to them ever Grander. Um. Last. <laughs> Ever given. Jesus of Nazareth. What the herring, hunting rifles, spliffs, and cows all have in common? 
are these the cool new names for marijuana? <laughs> I'm, they... I'm just trying to think if it's like there's something to do with like decriminalization or something like like that. Maybe you can now like catch a herring without a license or something daft because it's like an old law that's been removed. <laughs> I don't know. If cows emit a lot of methane and contribute to global warming. Could spliffs? And yeah, with the amount the amount of. Rifles. I mean, the amount of like energy and, and heat you need for like a marijuana farm, that could be. All those hippies think they're so green. Yeah. Uh, shall we go with CO2 emissions? So they're, they're all very high with CO2 emissions and or they've been identified as being sectors that need to be dealt with for, for CO2. Yeah, that herring sector. Yeah, that's what yeah, we're going um, with. Yeah. Yeah. I can offer it. I think they were all offered as incentives to get a COVID jab. They were. What? So, um, herring was used as a vaccine incentive in the Netherlands. Okay, um, of course. <laughs> I think um, hunting rifle, or certainly a license for a hunting rifle in Virginia, was used in, as an incentive for people to get a vaccine. In Manila, you were, and if you got a vaccine, you entered into a raffle. If you won the raffle, you got a cow. <laughs> and in Washington, yeah, they were offering spliffs as incentives to get a vaccine. Washington, Washington State. State. Which, uh, yes. I love my partner's hometown, home state. (laughs) There you go. I'm not suggesting we put these to the Birmingham Health and Wellbeing Board in the new year as a strategy. You offer a bag of scratchings as an incentive. I'd be up for that. I'd go and get a fourth jab just to get a bag of scratchings. Just don't put them all together. You end up with a cow with a hunting rifle smoking a spliff eating a herring and... That's, that's a t-shirt right there. <laughs> I, I think the herring should have the rifle and be riding the cow. I think that's <laughs> that's a better t-shirt. Yeah, it's like a change of tone. I'm afraid, Professor Quizwitty. Which country saw a military coup in February, which has led to ongoing protests since? There's been Myanmar. There's been Belarus. Yeah. I think Myanmar was. I February. think Myanmar was February, wasn't it? Yeah, let's go with that. Myanmar. Myanmar was February. Cheeses of Nazareth. Which European country banned the burqa and legalised gay marriage in 2021? Switzerland, I think, has been surprisingly late onto the gay marriage front. And they, they do referendums for everything. Yeah, and so, think... yeah. And, and Switzerland's have had some weird laws around, like, minaret towers and things like that in the past, haven't they? So, yeah, I think, I think Switzerland's not a bad shout. Switzerland. It is Switzerland. Ooh. Very well done. Professor Quizwitty. Which European country boasted a unique double of winning the European Football Championships and the Eurovision Song Contest in the same year? Italia. Italy. Yes, it is Italy. It's Italia, but yeah. Yeah, well, it, it just came through as Italia. <laughs> so it's just like the, 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 the 1990s R&B star, what? Do you notice how we never win European Championships under a Tory government? We won a World Cup under a Labour government. Mm. Stands to reason if we got one back, we might win the European Championships. And we won the Eurovision under a Labour government. See, there's a pattern. I feel like if we put, we will win the World Cup if you vote Labour, I feel like that's a promise that we would struggle to fulfil in office. Being on from that, (laughs) Cheetahs of Nazareth, BuzzFeed won its first Pulitzer Prize this year. Which international atrocity did they write about to win that Pulitzer Prize? What? So BuzzFeed. So oh, no, I heard all the words. I, okay. What? They won the Pulitzer Prize. I would, I, would, I would guess it's going to be the Uyghur genocide. 
I was thinking the Afghan could be the Uyghur because that links to fast fashion, doesn't it? Which is something yeah, the audience would be interested in. Let's go Uyghur because I think because yeah, the links to cotton and fast fashion and so on. You can you can see the how that might be feedable. Yeah. Can can we just be clear about which links to cotton you're talking about? (laughs) Not you. (laughs) The the bad ones. But we'll let you figure out which ones those are. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with the uh, uh, Uyghur genocide. It is yeah. the Uyghurs. Yeah. But I get a bonus point for saying it wasn't actually connected to the fashion industry. What they did was use satellite and 3D imagery to map the camps. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Professor Quizwitty, um, Miguel Diaz Canal became the head of government of which Central American country this year? And just to give you a clue, one particular family had ruled here for 62 years until he took over as their head of government. Cuba? Yes, was Cuba. In October, the World Health Organization endorsed the vaccine for which disease? Sounds like, feels like a trick question. It's nothing to do with COVID. HIV? Well, this is, this is one of those things where it could be something that's technically been around for a while, but just due to the mm. machinations of how these things normally go and the fact that the COVID um, rollout of the vaccines has been like a feat of logistics that has never been seen before in human history it could be something like ebola which took to like 20 years to develop yeah hiv it's not hiv i can offer it i think it was malaria it is malaria i mean working in health policy occasionally has benefits when it comes to the quiz final question of this round then to professor quiz witty which country landed a rover on mars in may this year only the fourth in the world ever to do so the emirates was saudi arabia it was one of the two yeah we'll go with saudi arabia it was not Saudi Arabia. I can't. Uh, I believe it was China. China's my my thought. So they're going to be China, or I would have guessed India. Oh yeah, India maybe. I take a stab and go India. India. It's China. Cheeses <laughs> oh. oh. of Nazareth still ahead on nineteen points, but Professor Quizwitty's closed the gap with his PowerPoint slides on eighteen points. And now we've got the uh, sort of extra round, which I've kind of taken inspiration from Sir Hit, from Sir Lindsay Hoyle, having seen Stella Creasy have her um, be banned from taking her child to the House of Commons, and we've seen extra restrictions on dress codes coming to the House of Commons. This extra round is about things that are banned in the House of Commons. God. First question. Steve's already limbering up with enthusiasm. First question. Herrings, cows, spliffs, and, and hunting rifles. If used as vaccine incentives, then I think it's probably fine. But it depends on, <laughs> on the bylaws we're going to cover in this answer. Um, there were the five pledges in the North Shropshire by election. Do you feel that does sound like a Lib Dem manifesto? High <laughs> on cows and soft on drugs. Professor Quizwitty, which type of clothing has been banned from the House of Commons since 1313 following a law introduced by Edward II? Armour. A suit of armour. Armor. Yeah. Yeah. Is right. Jesus of Nazareth, who was the last monarch to enter the House of Commons? Is this a trick question? No. Didn't Charles say. the first? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly where I'm going with it. That's so. why I feel like it's a trick question. Shall we just go Charles the first? <laughs> he says it's not a trick question. Yeah, okay. Charles the first. It is Charles the first. I was really yeah. scared that I somehow cited you up giving was, the wrong answer. I was desperely hoping they were going to talk themselves out of it because, like, of course it's Charles the first. No, so, <laughs> but it's so obvious that it's like, yeah. it can't be right. Charles the first is the last monarch to enter the House of Commons in 1642. He stormed the Commons and acted eventually into the civil war. 
and not a trick question. Professor Quizwitty, in 2015, John Burko rebuked the SNP's 56 MPs and ordered them, ordered them to respect the chamber. What had they all been doing? Clapping. They had been clapping. They'd been clapping their leader, and Angus Robertson. I wonder what happened to him. Jesus of Nazareth. Both Caroline Lucas and Harriet Harman have been pulled up by the Speaker for wearing T-shirts with political slogans. What did Caroline Lucas say? And it was referring to a campaign against sexist pictures in a tabloid newspaper. I feel like one of them had the this is what a feminist looks like T-shirt, but I think that was Harriet. That was that was Harmon. Yeah, I think I think it was it's like an anti page three one. I just don't know what the slogan was. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll give you a bonus point because you know that the, you could name the Harmon T-shirt, but. Professor no more page three. Was no more page three. Oh. Really was that that simple. God damn it. We're, de- we're just overthinking this. We're, we've got to stop intellectualising. If this podcast has had one message in the five years it's been running. <laughs> no more intellectualisation. British people are fed up of experts. <laughs> Speaking of experts, Professor Quizwitty. What do Michael Heseltine, Ron Brown, John McDonnell, Lloyd Russell Moyle and Drew Hendry all have in common? They've all picked up the mace and waved it. Yeah. And therefore they were... Uh, from from Parliament. They were indeed. And none of them caused a by-election by trying to get around the suspension. It's weird, isn't it? Jesus of Nazareth. Um, This is a question relating to the rules around parliamentary language. So in 1983, Claire Short said that the minister, Alan Clark, was incapable. And that was a euphemism that was intended to get around which particular convention. You're not allowed to call anyone a liar, are you? That doesn't feel like this. Incompetent? Incapable. Was... He known for being drunk? Because I, yeah, I do feel like drunk, or like a, a you know, an, a, an accusation of alcoholism or, or something like that is the sort of thing which wouldn't fly by parliamentary standards. Mm. I think that's the best bet. I feel Such like a... everybody apart from us has probably read the Alan Clark Diaries and will like well, this, this is this is because he was a teetotal. Well, this is the thing. If it's like or something, and and we don't yeah. know this, I think drunk, going drunk, going drunk. Good idea, and also the correct answer. All right. He, he was drunk at the dispatch box. He gave a speech while drunk. Christ, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he'd had a... I, I just looked it up. So he, he'd spent the early part of the evening with an extensive bout of claret tasting with a couple of friends, including a Palmer 61 and a Palmer 75. Then went back to the Commons and, and had to reply to a debate as a junior employment minister. And uh, gives us accounts of, of, of literally skipping pages in the text. He was that plastered. Well, sometimes I worry about how one of my speeches has gone. I feel this is a useful thing to have in the memory bank. Professor Quizwitty, what item of clothing can never be worn in the House of Commons? I want to say Crocs, but that's just a personal. <laughs> <laughs> I think hats. Hats can't be worn while speaking. You can wear them while sitting. Because there used to be this thing where they'd, if you wanted to raise a point of order during a vote, they had a top hat that you used to be thrown around the chamber because you could only raise a point of order whilst wearing a hat. Yeah. What? Yeah, this is actually a thing. Let's not it go was. to Parliament. It is a silly place. I, I think, I think <laughs> that was reformed after 97. The swords can't You've broken, Bridget. <laughs> so, so, swords can't be worn, but... Surely, uh, How would you wear a sword? At your, at your hip, you're wearing They do have a specific like closet where you can store your sword because I know a yeah. lot of MPs, are specifically Lib Dem ones, have like bought toy lightsabers and put them in there. Of course, they have. So I'm not sure if it is hats though. 
I mean, it could they could be banned now. It could have been the reform. Unless it is something like T-shirts, referring back to an earlier question, or jeans. I think we go with one of hats, jeans, or T-shirts. I, 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 in, in that case, I'd go with jeans. All right, let's go with jeans. I can offer it. Oh. I, like, my first thought was hats. Let's go hats. Hats. So hats is the correct answer. What? But I'm going to give John a bonus point for his extensive hat-related that's, knowledge. And that's comments. very fair. That's very because fair. In oh, my expa- so in my there is a massive there. painting in the National Portrait Gallery of the House of Commons in 1832. They are all wearing hats. All of them. This is a great way of objecting to the bonus point I've just given you. So it says... <laughs> so it was acceptable in the 1830s. A hat was part of an MP's daily attire over the past few centuries. They could be worn in the chamber, but not upon entering or leaving or when addressing MPs. But John's absolutely right is that MPs could don headgear when raising a point of order during a vote. But that didn't survive the Commons modernisation process. Although I we could why. think about bringing it back into full council. I, I, yeah, I'm all in favour of hats. Mm. Anything that makes me taller at this time is, is great. But in, in, oh, in come on, case, though, it, should, it should be a flat cap with two razor blades in it. <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. What are MPs not allowed to do while making their speeches? It's going to be something to do with, like, checking like their, their phone for like their notes or something i know they're not allowed to use laptops i think you're not allowed to speak to anyone you can only refer to the speaker can't you you can't address anyone directly you have to you have to use titles so they're always the honorable the right honorable that's true of every time you speak this is specifically about making speeches oh, okay what's the difference between a speaker and a speech so I suppose if you prepare the speech, rather than just kind of doing it, something extemporary. Oh, so, so like the budget, for instance, would count as a speech in this instance. Um, Sit down. You have to be standing up. Yeah, I'd go with I'd go with sit down. I can offer it. You're not allowed to read your speech. You can use notes, but you can't read a script out word for word. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so my mind was in the right sort of area to begin with. According to the companion to the standing orders and guided proceedings of the House of Lords and Commons, the reading of speeches is apparently alien to the custom of this house and injurious to the traditional conduct of its debates, which anyone who's seen Desmond Swain could surely agree with. Um, <laughs> having said that, members can have extended notes from which they can speak, but it's not in the interest of good debate that they should follow them closely. Can make your own joke there, I think, listeners, can't you? <laughs> Professor Quizwitty, having edged into the lead, see if you can expand on the lead with, who was ejected from the House of Commons this year after refusing to retract her comment that Boris Johnson was a liar? Dawn Butler. Oh, yeah. Was Dawn Butler. And the final one of this round to Cheeses of Nazareth. Many words have been ruled as unparliamentary. Which is the odd one out and the only one that hasn't been ruled as out of order? Out of git, sod, bastard or idiot? I feel like it's going to be something like sod. Loads of these have dual meanings. So sod can be a sod of earth. Bastard can be somebody whose parents weren't married at the time of their birth. But that Idiot that is still like t- meant to be an in, that is still like meant to be like an insult historically. So like being That's a true. bastard during the uh, during during like early parliament and things would would be a <gasps> a shocking thing, even if it was true. Idiot was a medical term for a very long time. Like yeah, a- but I feel like mod- mod- modern like like 
because that because you're attacking. This place has a cupboard for swords. But, I, but 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 there's certain things that I feel like like the uh, that the speaker would try and keep up to date because like calling people person an idiot is an is an ad hominem attack, which that's the sort of thing they don't like. I I think it's probably sod because I can see get kind of like a, a northern MP or something like that. You have calling a like a, a, a Tory minister a get or something, and that getting added into the book into the book. Sod. Yeah. Sod's not necessarily bad, is it? You could be oh, yeah. poor sod. Yeah, That's sod. Sod. Not sod. I'm afraid I can offer it. I, I'm wondering if there's a class element here because if you are public school educated in a dormitory with lots of other boys, I know the bugger is an upper class insult because it was possible. Um, whereas calling someone a bastard when they know who their great 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 grandfather was. I think I think it's bastard. Class insult. So I think bastard. It's correct, and that's really interesting. Maybe that is why the, the, the tables have turned. I'm afraid no, you're always going to. We come into the final numbers round with Professor Quizwitty on 26, Cheezers of Nazareth on 23. So we've got 10 numbers round questions. The first one is: When Joe Biden took office in January, he was the oldest U.S. president to be inaugurated. How old was he in years and days? Yeah, we have an answer. Okay, so Cheezers of Nazareth, what's yours? We are going for 72 years. And 90 days. And Professor Quizwitty? Uh, 78 years and 60 days, because he's a couple of weeks younger than John's mum. So Joe Biden was 78 years and 61 days. (laughs) So you are incredibly close. A bit too close, I'm afraid, actually. So I'm going to have to watch you think if you're going to be Googling. <laughs> literally because he's too, literally two weeks younger than John's mum. Yeah. <laughs> we, we took John's mum's age and worked it out. Didn't think he was that old. No. I knew he was. too if he stands for re-election. Second one, adjacent, but definitely not related to Joe Biden. How many people have been charged with offences related to the storming of the Capitol on January the 6th? Not enough. Professor Quizwitty? 600. Yeah, we, we've gone to the, the other direction. Yeah. We went 56. So the answer is 727. Still not enough. John's original answer was a dozen. So I'm glad I overruled it. <laughs> <laughs> Piers Morgan left Good Morning Britain in March after breaking Ofcom's record for the largest number of complaints made about a show for comments he made about Meghan Markle. Gosh. How many complaints were made? All right, with that, Richard. Have we got an answer? Are we going for that answer or half the answer? Oh, let's go all in and go that answer. Let's go all in, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's Piers Morgan. Yeah, let's do this. All right, go on then. Jesus and Nazareth, what have you got? Simply because it's Piers Morgan, 50,000. Well, we put between 50 and 60,000, so I'm going to go with 60 as they've gone with 50. <laughs> 57,121 people. <laughs> Come on. Afraid it's Professor Quizwitty again. But yeah, it's a lot of people. Don't underestimate the unpopularity of Piers Morgan. What was the TV audience for the England versus Italy Euro 2020 final? The largest number since the funeral of Princess Diana. So it can be something point something million. We've got an answer. TikTok quizzes. Professor Quizwitty? We think 35 million. It said 32.5 million. That would win you the point because the actual answer is 30.95 million. Victory at last. Back in the game. How many hours elapsed between the formation of a European football super league and its collapse after six clubs withdrew? I'd forgotten this was a thing that happened this year as well. That feels like so long ago. I was amazed they invited Tottenham to it. 
I mean, inviting Tottenham to a European Super League is like inviting Banana Man to the Avengers. I would watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, a Banana Man Avengers film. Oh, that'd be <laughs> corking. The hilarious thing is that three of the clubs are still insisting it's going to happen. Really? Uh, Real Madrid, Juventus and Barcelona are still like absolutely adamant that it's definitely going to like go ahead and happen and it's still still a thing. They're actually threatening to sue the other nine clubs to say they have to play in it. It's like some sort of religious cult in Pennsylvania waiting for rapture, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> One day. Except that they, they, you know, organisations with billions and billions of pounds. Go on then, Professor Quizwitty, what's your answer? We thought 48 hours. 48 hours. And cheese has We went 49. Oh. Damn you bastards. So it's 66 hours. So I've gone off the Guardian article. So... 11 p.m. on April the 18th uh, was when it was announced, and then 5 p.m. on April the 21st is when it was pulled. So that's 66 hours. We, so, we've just done a we've just done a quiz witty on this. Yeah. My, my opening gambit was 72. Steve oh, was 60. If we'd compromised, we'd have gone with perfect 66, but instead we compromised on 49. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, exactly. Emma Raducanu won the US Open this year, but what was her world ranking at the start of the year? Oh, God. Jesus of Nazareth, what is your number? Uh, I've said 500, or we've said 500 rather. Professor Quizwitty? We said 335. So the answer is 345. Some bastards put another sports question here. Um, what was Team GB's medal haul at the Tokyo Olympics? John's left it entirely up to me, and I've said 60 or 70, so I'm going to go with 65 in the middle. And Jesus of Nazareth? I've said 95. The answer is 65. <laughs> they're definitely Googling it. They're definitely cheating. I'm, not, I'm quite happy to share my... Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not cheating the pub quiz. I'm going to hold my phone up. Do you want to read out the, the WhatsApp conversation between us, LJ? Because I think it just proves the point. Leave uh, WhatsApps cast doubt on. <laughs> so, this is, this is the last John three questions, in charge of investigating right? whether you've cheated on the quiz this year. 60, 70? Put, no idea again. This is sport. I don't understand it or care. It's entirely your call. I literally have no idea. So I feel like at this point I'm currently carrying the team. Admirable <laughs> job. I I I I'm a gog at your expertise in this area. But, you... Whereas we're just posting numbers and then communicating via facial expression. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. There's three questions left. You'd be pleased to know. In Sicily this summer, Europe saw its hottest ever temperature. What is it? To one decimal point. Professor Quizwitty, what's your answer? Forty-nine <laughs> degrees. 49 degrees and cheeses of Nazareth? Uh, 42.5. So the answer is 48.8 degrees. We're so, so screwed, aren't we? Like the planet is so screwed. Yeah. I was just celebrating the fact that we've got a point in the quiz. You've really brought me down to earth. <laughs> Sorry to steal your moment of glory with I mean, existential you are right. dread. Yeah. <laughs> Bridget relentlessly with her face on the bigger picture. Yeah, we're, we're Bridget's reaction of... is very much on brand for this podcast. Yeah, we're, we're facing the extinction of the human race, but at least we got a point out of it and the pub quiz. In December, 
Magnus Carlsen beat Ian Nipponiachi in the longest ever game of the World Chess Championship. How many moves was it? Really? You put a chess question into this? Always. I had nothing for December. I was really disappointed then. I thought you were just you were about to just ask, and what were they doing? Because I was like, I know who Magnus Carlsen is. Every game's we, better. We've got an absolute horrific guess. I only know how many how, how long chain games of chess I played in the last, and they're not long because I'm terrible at it. Close. My so opening gambit was a third of Steve's. So, uh oh, hundred and one, hundred and one. Quite different to what we went with. <laughs> yeah, we went four thousand five hundred. Oh, uh, right. Jesus. The answer. I had no, that was John's guess. I had no clue. I, I suddenly feel more confident about our guess. <laughs> Quite a good range, but we might get a point from it. So the answer is 136. Ah, I don't understand chess either. So there we are. I think the game lasts about eight hours. Something like that. It take eight hours to move a piece 136 times. What but was it doing? I have to think first. A research paper this year estimated the total number of T-Rexes to have ever walked the Earth. How many did it estimate? Ah. I almost guess T-Rex is the animal reintroduced to Britain. <laughs> oh, that would be I mean, epic. I have no clue what the answer to... is, but this is an amazing question. And I'm yeah. really sad I didn't come across this during the year. So it's, it's the uh, so it's not any more point. It's the amount of T-Rexes ever, 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 ever to have walked on the earth. Not at once. We've got an answer. I've put a guess in the chat. I'm waiting for John to respond. Yeah, yeah, carry on. Uh, we'll, go, we'll go with that. It's as good as we're going to get. John deferring to LJ, which I, I feel has been his secret strategy throughout all of this. It's, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a winning one, I find. Go on then, Professor Quizwitty, what's your answer? I'm actually going to slightly... Uh, 2.2 billion. Billion. Yeah, billion. With a B for Birmingham. B for Birmingham, bonus point. And cheeses of Nazareth. Well, in honour of LJ, we've gone for one Sandwell, which would be... 328,774. Not a viable population. That's a remarkably precise number. T tell that to the councillors in Sandwell. <laughs> like for a species to live over thousands of years. They would. Like, okay. yeah, Sorry, let's give us the answer. So the answer is two and a half billion. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they, they survived for like a million years. You can't have, like, yeah, sorry. I thought T-Rexes were only like for only one of like the periods, though. They yeah, were, I thought yeah they but the periods cover like 60, 70 million years. Are you confusing uh -huh. it with the T-Rex that lasted for about 1971 to 77? <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't have that many, uh, many groupies, sure. The, 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 the tweet that Corey's just... <laughs> Yeah, the tweet that Corey's put here is like only 20,000 at any one time, but over 127,000 generations. Oh, Which was know. the first in that 127,000 generations to go to university? That's John Cotton plagiarising Neil Kinnock, plagiarising Joe Biden. And on that bombshell, final scores, Jesus as Nazareth. I can't the final time, damn it. I said it final the way through, and now the one that half Manhattan's has failed me. <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth, 27 points. Professor Quizwitty. The winners for the third time, they're on 32 points. Yes. Five-point lead. It's in keeping with the polls at the moment. Uh... Definitely Google it, though. Definitely. Yeah, you got really lucky with some of your guesses.
Yeah, I they think were almost like you'd Googled it and, and then decided a margin of error that would be acceptable. I think we'll have to put Stephen Bridget in charge of an investigation to find whether or not <laughs> you were uh, Googling and rigging that quiz. Um, I, think, I think John should be in charge based on the current government's theory. Might ask if Susan Case can do it. I think she's sorting out everything else at the moment. That's the last of Not the Champagne in 2021. Um, I might try and drunkenly to record something on Patreon about what I've been reading. And if you want to hear that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Not Enough Champagne. James Cram designed the logo. You can follow him on Twitter at James Cram. Dave, Dave Depper composed our theme tune for Good Times. Our website is notenoughchampagne.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Not Enough Champagne. Our Twitter handle is at No Champagne Pod. I'm at Paperback Rioter. Steve. I'm at Acoustic Radical. At Councillor John Cotton. At Bridget Jones. At LJD Labour. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.